0: Chapter Twenty Four of the Charing Cross Mystery by J. S. Fletcher. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The House in the Yard. The Jews silently and promptly set out in the wake of the hurrying woman. Presently, she and her pursuer disappeared round a corner. That's the result of our call, Maberly," said Heatherwick. "She's gone somewhere to tell somebody." ''Likely,'' assented Mapperly, ''but wherever she's gone, is he Goldmarkle's spotter. He's the eyes of a lynx.'' ''He let Bazaree slip in the other night, though,'' remarked Heatherwick. ''Well, there was some excuse for that,'' said Mapperly. ''To begin with, he was only instructed to find out where Bazaree went, and, to end with, he had found out. ''He'll not let this woman slip him. She's good to follow.'' "'plenty over.' "'I wish we knew what she'd left in that house,' said Heatherwick. "'We'll have to find out somehow.' "'That's a police job,' replied Mapperly. "'Can't walk into people's houses without a warrant. "'And you say Matherfield's on the other track?' "'However, I should say that this woman's gone off now "'to find somebody who's principally concerned. "'She looked afraid, in my opinion, when she saw me.' She's in it somehow, muttered Heatherwick. That house looks mysterious enough for anything. We'll keep a close watch on it, anyway, until Goldmark comes back, however long that may be. But the Jew was back within twenty minutes. So was the woman. She came first, hurrying up the street quicker than when she had left it. As far as the watchers could make out from their vantage point, twenty yards away from her door, she looked flustered, "'Distressed, upset. "'After her, on the opposite pavement, "'came Mr. Issy Goldmark, his hands in his pockets. "'The woman re-entered the house. "'They heard the door bang. "'A moment later, the Jew turned into the entry "'in which Heatherwick and Mapperly stood, "'half hidden from the street. "'He smiled inscrutably. "'See her go back to her house?' he asked. "'Well, I followed. "'I saw where he'd been, too.' "'Where, then?' demanded Heatherwick, impatiently. Goldmark jerked his head in the direction from whence he had come. "'Round that corner,' he said, "'you get into a regular slum. Little streets, alleys, passages, and so on. In one of them, a narrow place, where there's a sort of open-air market, with a good stiff piece blank wall.' with an iron fastened door on it. Well, the woman went in there, let herself in with a key that she took from her pocket. As soon as he had gone in, I took a closer look, the door fastened with iron or steel. As I said, jolly strong. There ain't no name on it and no keyhole that you can look through. The wall's a good nine or ten feet high, and it's covered with broken glass at the top. "'Not a nice place to get into, nohow. how.' "'Well,' inquired Heatherwick, "'she went in.' "'Went in, as I say, "'miss her, "'and the door closed on her. "'After I'd taken a glimpse at the door, "'I got a pass behind one of the stalls in the street "'and watched. "'She came out again in about ten minutes, "'looked to me, too, "'as if she hadn't had a very pleasant time inside. "'Upset?' "'and see set off back here faster than what she came. "'Now she's gone into her house again. "'As you know that's all. "'And that's all. "'But if I was you, mister,' concluded Izzy, "'I should just find out what is behind that door and the wall in there. "'I should do that, though.' "'That's a police job,' said Mapperly once more. "'If we'd only got Matterfield with us, we could—' heatherwick paused thinking look here mapperly he continued with a sudden inspiration i know what we'll do you get a taxi as quickly as possible drive to the police station where i usually meet matterfield there's another man there whom i know and who's pretty well up in this business detective sergeant robmore ask for him tell him what we've discovered and ask him to come back with you to bring another man if he thinks necessary now then, Goldmark, tell Mapperly exactly where this place is. The Jew pointed along the street to its first corner. Round that corner, he said, first turning to the right, then first to the left, then first to the right. That's the spot. Lost the little fells in a bitty crowded place. Did you notice the name? demanded Mapperly, half-scoldingly. To be sure, I did grinned goldmark Pencove street but it's better to describe it than name it and don't you go tellin no taxi-driver to take you in there cos there ain't room mapperly gave no answer to this piece of advice he shot off in the direction of victoria street and heatherwick turned to the jew we'll go and have another look at this place goldmark he said but we'll go separately as long as we're in this street anyway you stroll off to that first corner and i'll join you he crossed the street when the jew had lounged away and once more took a narrow look at the house into which the big woman had vanished it was as close barred and curtained as ever a veritable place of mystery for a moment heatherwick doubted whether he ought to leave it unwatched but the descriptions of the wall and door in pencove street had excited his imagination and he went on turned a corner and rejoined goldmark goldmark at once went in front piloting him into a maze of unusually dirty and crowded streets and finally into one narrower than the rest on each side of which were tent-like stalls whereon all manner of cheap wares were being offered for sale by raucous-voiced vendors he saw at once that this was one of those open-air markets of which there are many in the poorer neighbourhoods of london and wherein you can buy a sixpenny frying-pan as readily as a paper of fried fish and a gay neckerchief alongside a damaged orange threading his way behind issey and between the thronged stalls and miserable shops that lined the pavement heatherwick presently came to the piece of blank wall which the jew had told him about the houses and shops around were old and dilapidated but the wall was either modern or had been rebuilt and strengthened it stretched between two low houses one used as a grocer's the other as a hardware shop in length it was some thirty feet in height quite ten its coping as goldmark had said was liberally embattled with broken glass. The door, set flush with the adjoining masonry, was a solid affair, faced with metal, newly painted, and the lock was evidently a patent one. A significant fact struck Heatherwick at once. There was no sign of a bell, and none of a knocker. "'You say the woman let herself in here?' he asked, as he and Issy paused. "'That's it, Mr. Heatherwick. Let herself in,' replied Issy. "'I see her take the key from her pocket.' Heatherwick glanced at the top of the wall. "'I wonder what's behind that,' he muttered. "'Building, of some sort, of course.' He turned to a man whose stall stood just in front of the mysterious door, and who at that moment had no trade. "'Do you know anything about this place?' he asked. "'Do you know what's behind this wall? What building it is?' The keeper eyed Heatherwick over, silently and carefully. Deciding that he was an innocent person, and not a policeman in plain clothes, he found his tongue. "'I don't, Governor,' he answered. "'Ain't a bloomin' notion. I have been comin' here, or hereabouts, this three year or more, but I ain't never seen behind that wall, nor in at that there doorway, selp' me. "'But I suppose you've seen people go in and come out of the door?' suggested Heatherwick. It must be used for something. I reckon it is, Governor, but I don't call nobody to mind, though. To be sure, I see a woman come out of it a while ago. Big, heavy-jawed woman she was. But queer as it may seem, I don't call to mind ever seeing anybody else. You see, Governor, I comes here at about ten o'clock of a morning, and I packs up and opps it at five if there's folks come in and out of that spot it must be early in a morning and late at night so i shouldn't see em but it's my belief this here wall and door is back premises to something the front of the place'll be on the other side that's a good idea said heatherwick with a glance at coldmark let's go round but there was no going round although they tried various alleys and passages and streets that ought to have been parallel to Pencove street they failed to find any place that could be a frontage to the mysterious wall and its close-set door but the jews alert faculties asserted themselves we can see what's behind that wall Mister. easy enough if we get one of them shopkeepers opposite to let us go upstairs to the first floor look right across the street there stalls and all into whatever there is try that one he said pointing to a greengrocer's establishment which faced the close-set door tell him we're doin a bit o land surveyin which is true heatherwick made his request the greengrocer's lady showed him and goldmark upstairs into a bow-windowed parlor one of those dismal apartments which are only used on sundays for the purpose of adding more gloom to a gloomy day she observed that there was a nice view both ways of the street but heatherwick confined his inspection to the front he saw across the wall easily enough now there was little to see the wall bounded a yard bounded on its left and right sides by the walls of the adjoining houses and at its further extremity by a low squat building of red brick erected against the rear of a high windowless wall beyond from its mere aspect it was impossible to tell what this squat flat-roofed structure was used for its door closed was visible visible too were the windows on either side but it was easy to see that they were obscured as to their lower halves by coats of dark paint there was no sign over the building no outward indication of its purpose in the yard however were crates boxes and carboys in wicker cases a curiously shaped chimney projecting from the roof above suggested the presence of a furnace or forge beneath and heatherwick after another look felt no doubt that he was gazing at the place to which henneford had been taken and where he had been skilfully poisoned goldmark suddenly nudged his arm and nodded at the crowded street below "'Mapperly,' he whispered, and two men with him. Heatherwick, glancing in the direction indicated, saw Rob Moore and another man, both in plain clothes, making their way down the street, between the stalls and shops. With them, and in close conversation, was a uniformed constable. He turned to leave the room, but Goldmark again touched his elbow. "'Before we go, mister,' he said, "'Just take another glance at that place opposite, and it's surroundings. "'I see where we can get in. "'Do you see, Mr. Heatherwick, the wall between that yard and the next house, "'the right-hand side one? is fairly low at the far end. "'Now, if the man in that house would let us go through to his backyard, what?' "'I see,' agreed Heatherwick. "'We'll try it. "'But Rob Moore first come along he slipped some silver into the hand of the greengrocer's lady and went down to the street a brief explanation to the two detectives supplemented the information already given them by mapperly and then rob moore nodded at the constable who stood by eagerly interested we've been talking to him mr heatherwick he said he's sometimes on day duty here and sometimes he's on night "'He says he's often wondered about this place, "'and it's a very queer thing that, "'though he's known this district more than a year, "'he's never seen a soul go in or out of that door, "'and hasn't the least notion of what business, "'if it is a business, is carried on there.' "'Never seen anything or anybody,' corroborated the constable, "'at any time, day or night. "'When I first came on this beat, maybe fifteen months ago,' that door had been newly set and painted and the glass had just been stuck atop the wall but it's a fact i've never seen anybody go in or come out i propose to go in said heatherwick i think we've abundant cause knowing what we do it may be that the two missing ladies are there i've been having a look into the yard and we could get into it easily by going through the grocer's shop there on the right and climbing the wall from his back premises what do you say robmore oh i think so agreed robmore now we're on the job we'll carry it through better let me tackle the grocer mr heatherwick i'll see him first and then call you in the other waited while robmore entered the shop and spoke with its owner they saw him engaged in conversation for several minutes then he came to the door and beckoned the rest to approach "'That's all right,' he said, and aside to Heatherwick, "'we can go through to his backyard, "'and he'll lend us a step ladder to get over the wall. "'But he's told me a bit. "'He knows the two men who have this place in the next yard, "'and there's no doubt at all, from his description of them, "'that one of them's Ambrose, and the other is Bashery. "'He says they've had the place almost eighteen months, "'and he thinks they use it as a laboratory.' chemicals or something of that sort but he says they're rarely seen sometimes he's never seen them for days and even weeks together usually they're there of a night he's seen lights in the place at all hours of the night well come on the posse of investigators filed through the dark little shop to a yard at its rear the grocer's apprentice going in front with a stepladder which he planted against the intervening wall at its lowest point. One by one, the uniformed constable going first, the six men climbed and dropped over, but for their own presence the place seemed deserted and lifeless. As Heatherwick had observed from the greengrocer's parlour, the windows were obscured by thick coats of paint. Nevertheless, two or three of the men approached and tried to find places from which the paint had been scratched, in an effort to see what lay inside. But the constable, bolder and more direct, went straight to the entrance. Doors open, he exclaimed, not even shut. He pushed the door wide and went into the building, the rest crowding after him. Hello, he shouted, Hallo No answer came to the summons. The constable crossed the lobby, in which they were all standing, and opened an inner door and heatherwick saw at once that the grocer's surmise as to the purpose to which the place was put had been correct this was a chemical laboratory well equipped too with modern apparatus but there was not a sign of life in it nobody here apparently murmured one of the men flown robmore went forward to another door and opening it revealed a room furnished as an office there was a roll-top desk in it and papers and documents lying there he and heatherwick began to finger and examine them and heatherwick suddenly saw something that made a link between this mysterious place and the house he had called at earlier in the afternoon there before his eyes lay some of the azure-tinted note-paper which Mapperly had traced with the embossed address on it of which the stationer had told there's no doubt we've hit the place at last rodmore he said i wish we'd had natherfield here but before he could say more a sudden shout came from goldmark who while the others were investigating the lower regions had courageously and alone gone up the low staircase to the upper rooms mr mr heatherwick come up here come up all of you here's a man here a-sitting in its air and to help me if I don't believe he's a stiffen, dead. End of chapter 24